Hello, this is William Tharp, and welcome to Home Quizzes, Questions About Real Estate, Episode 11. Today's question um, is, what are some of the current urban planning trends? With the great suburban expansion, which exploded for decades in our past rearview mirror, many cities are reviewing their 5- and 10-year plans to develop more urban-friendly areas for today's families and professionals. Communities which promote short work commutes uh, are self-sufficient and have unique identities. Um, To get to that goal, here are some of the trends that these planning um, uh, experts are using. One is an innovation district. Uh, Innovation districts are characterized by two or more anchor locations, or uh, usually uh, a university, hospital, research facility, can be a corporate campus in many cases. Uh, these districts are you know, usually very well-defined geographic areas where the uh, anchor institutions and the companies are kind of clustered together and connect with uh, other small firms, startups, and business incubators or accelerators in that same area. Innovation districts tend to have uh, physically compact areas. You know, they're transit accessible to other areas of the city. Um, technically, they're wired together using the same, you know, perhaps uh, internet or Wi-Fi, you know, connectors. To, they have a mix of housings that's available for those that are working in the areas to, to be there on site and not be able to walk to work. And they contain, um, you know, several office and retail businesses to make themselves sufficient. Um, physically, um, you know, these compact areas promote open innovation and sharing of ideals, which is where the, the ideal gets its name. Um, you might have situations in districts where they, they really began um, helping each other out. You may have a, a medical um, a campus, which is right next to a hospital, where students, you know, during the day, they actually go through and get their lessons. And then in the evening, they may work in some facility at the hospital, getting on, on-job training, where they can actually use the tools of their craft. Um, another, this whole kind of concept began in Boston, Barcelona, around 2000. And uh, now there are many leading cities that are, are doing it. And today, let's just kind of briefly go over a few. I think one of the ones that's really successful is Boston. They have an inter- innovation district center that's really around Boston Harbor and connects, um, you know, their convention and design districts together with the, the marine and the harbor. Um, Philadelphia has University City, which is really a combination of the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel University campuses. The area also has um, uh, a children's hospital and several campuses nearby. Um, They connect everything to that particular area with the Philadelphia Trolley, which has areas and several stops to provide connectivity. Riley-Durham has uh, the Research Triangle Park, which they they have developed there within the area. And Detroit has uh, the downtown Midtown area, which combines Ford Field with the uh, Henry Ford Hospital at the other end. In between that, of course, is Wayne State and the Detroit Medical Center, CompuServe, and Blue Cross Blue Shield um, provide, you know, more of a uh, commercial anchoring to it as well. And, you know, it kind of caps off with the International River District around the area. There's a metro rail that runs right through the the district, providing easy access, so it it meets all the criteria. But, you know, the area in itself of itself is also very self-sufficient. Uh, St. Louis has the Cortex, which is Washington University's uh, medical campus and also joins us with St. Louis's uh, College of Pharmacy. Uh, right next door is, you know, the Shiner's Hospital and, and you have uh, RJC uh, Healthcare Campus. And you also see in sprinkled in, you know, lead drug makers like uh, DuPont within just several city blocks. So you can see how all these uh, 
are within the same medical ideal of, of sharing, you know, uh, students that might be coming up, getting into these predictional areas of either working at uh, the hospital or perhaps at DuPont, you know, and being really close to going and reconnecting. In Seattle, you have, of, of course, South Lake Union, which uh, has one of uh, Amazon's major campuses, as well as the University of Washington's research uh, area. The district area also boasts uh, the Bill Gates Foundation, Northwestern University, along with Allen Institute for Brain Research. So you can see again how these vibrant areas uh, promote not only the integration of ideals and topics, but you know it gives them kind of a, a unique area for for those. Uh, if if you're in the medical field, for instance, that this is mentioned several times, you're you're working these uh, 12, 14-hour days. You're exhausted. You want something very easy as far as a commute and being able to walk to work or being able to have housing that's really close by or grocery stores and what have you also really fits into this type of development. Now, one of the things that that is really interesting, it came off of an article from uh, National Geographic is Blue Zones. Now, uh, many years ago, National Geographic did an article authored by uh, Dan Bertner who found that there were several communities in the world that had uh, uh, people who were living well into their hundreds. And it was so unique that they did a study into why was this? What, what were the six principles that these particular communities had that others didn't? And it was very interesting that they came up with these six, so I'll share them with you. And one is um, the, the citizens in these little communities, you know, engaged in moderate to, to regular exercise. A really, they all had, you know, a strong purpose for life with meaningful activities around it. And one of the things that's a real killer for us in major cities is they, they reduce stress. They, they lived a moderate, you know, calorie diet, you know, largely plant-based. Uh, and, you know, they had alcohol in moderation, usually a couple of glasses of wine a day or several a week. And then they really, the six was engaged in family life, social life. They had uh, really strong uh, spiritual and religious backgrounds that we found. So... Modern planners have tried to embrace this by creating their own new blue areas in, in several cities. Uh, and one of the uh, design aspects that have come up with it is walkability to provide that moderate uh, exercise. Mixed use and vertical densities, you know, to provide, you know, retail and commercial in, in, in the areas on the, on the ground floor, but still allow you to either, you know, you know, walk to one of, one of these to, to get groceries or, you know, if you need, you know, something, you don't have to get in the car and drive out, you know. A lot of local open spaces and parks and plazas to invite community interactions. Another big focal point of this. Um, another one that's really interesting is, you know, community gardens, where you have that that they connect up with the local restaurants within that district, and and they create kind of a farm to table program where you know you can actually you know grow your vegetables and then come by the, the bring them in a bag and they'll actually cook them up for you in that local restaurant. It's it's really you know a kind of a com common belief in, in, in using those six, you know, the family, the, uh, the reduced stress by not having to deal with, you know, the traffic headache every day. And then just kind of watching what you eat and in moderate use of alcohol and just enjoying life is really kind of the secret to that. And they try to work that. Now, Echo Districts is another really interesting, uh, area, and that is, uh, really using sustainability practices in their designs uh, of these so that, you know, the whole community actually lessens the ecological footprint. Um, the districts are known, you know, for their low impact development. These are uh, lid communities, as they're now called. And, and some really good examples of these are, you know, Orlando in Florida at the Audubon Park Garden District and then Atlanta's Midtown Project. Key aspects to these communities are, you know, multi-modularity. Uh, 
which you know is a fancy word for saying they promote walking and using your bike or, or you know public transportation instead of your car water composite you know con conservation is really important especially in the west de desert areas you know so you you want to make sure that you uh, create uh, you know landscaping that actually isn't going to deter from it or require extra watering we kind of talked about this in seaside in one of the earlier episodes you know where they actually use that you know to to actually promote that green look but they used the, the, the natural uh, plants so that they were more um, used to the areas um, uh, alternative energy is a really big plan for this, you know, where they're using solar, wind turbines, or natural gas in the infrastructure, uh, so that you know they can actually um, reduce, you know, that that necessarily need of impact of uh, health. Um, the ideal of walkability is community areas for exercise, open spaces, really, really big in these concepts, and then using leads, uh, you know, areas for for building materials to avoid all the hazardous, so that they're more safe for the community and the environment long term. So, all the materials that are being used are all lead compliant. Um, promote um, architectural design that creates kind of that unique community identity. It's so strongly um, is needed, you know, to give you that pride and that feeling of it. Now, one of the things that I've really watched is, is, a, is a growing trend of removing auto traffic, too. Um, this was probably brought about really, really well in Toronto when they shut down King Street. You know, they just shut down a portion of it to get more walkability and took the cars out of the thing. Um, Los Angeles did a lot of this recently when they shut down Flower Street and made it just for bus transportation only. Uh, providing, you know, more of a commute rate base for that and, and less of the traffic. Uh, San Francisco's recently expanded its Market Street to even more areas of, of, of enjoyable areas for shops and walking. And uh, in New York, uh, in 14th Street, they actually have done something similar in Manhattan. Um, a lot of people have followed Elon Musk and his boring company ideal of, you know, actually creating uh, tra uh, traffic underground tunnels that would actually help defer a lot of the uh, congestion, especially in cities like Los Angeles, where you would actually go under smart tunnels, if you would, you know, sometimes, you know, one or two levels, uh, and then just, you know, commute underground in, in you know, uh, tunnels that would allow you to, to uh, handle a lot more of the, the rate. Hyperloops is another thing that Alon is working on, and, and I know um, uh, Sir Richard uh, Branson is doing the same. He actually has one that's now operational. And it's providing a way of, you know, uh, hyperloops are more uh, contained uh, tubes that you can actually go at very high speeds in between two locations uh, to help take a lot of this congestion out of major areas. Finally, one is um, kind of a, a continued on the thought that we'll look in more in the, the next two episodes, and that's smart growth. Smart growth is uh, a national movement where they're actually trying to use a series of uh, principles for planning and, and, and space for strategies to make it more of a community uh, sustainability and kind of encompassing all the things we talked about. And they have 10 core principles in these, and that's uh, the use of uh, mixed land uses, where you actually have, you know, uh, your commercial uh, down downstairs with uh, some retail, and then you'll have, of course, mixed use above, and, you know, offering multiple different types of um, uh, housing accommodations, you know. Um, walkability in neighborhoods, you know, distinct and attractive communities that have a sense of purpose is, is one of the things here. Um, open spaces, you know, where you have, you know, a, a chance to uh, preserve open parks, uh, farmland, maybe a natural beauty or scene if it's along the coastal area. Um, strengthen the, you know, the direct development towards, you know, the existing um, communities as well. 
um, where you have uh, maybe a district right below it or something, making sure the connection and trends, you know, so you can, you know, take a trolley or a public transportation in between the two if you want to, like, go out in the evening for dinner or perhaps you're, you work in the other district and it makes it a lot easier. Uh, but really just kind of uh, also in more and more of it involvement of those uh, that live in the community and discussing things that would make it better. So those are the, the main key trends that are happening right now. And I just want to leave it with that. And thank you today for uh, spending some time with me today on the Home Quizzes podcast.